The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dota birds. And Leaky Black, Matt Norlander, is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, you know what to do. Smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You, you have consent. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. Today we are continuing our conference previews for the 2022-23 college basketball season. We've already done the American, the ACC, and the Big East. Now we turn our attention to the Big Ten, which is, I think, and I've made this point previously, the most totally open power conference heading into this season i've got indiana projected first norlander has illinois projected first deadleg do you agree with the idea or disagree with the idea that the big 10 looks like the most wide open power conference heading into this season looks like that might be one of my five storylines to touch on here for the league oh wow perhaps we should have coordinated that's okay Sorry, that is all right. How about this? Let's 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 start on this talking point. Then I'll run down uh, kind of the big stuff, uh, big picture stuff heading in wide open. Yes. But would you agree it's Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and then no other like, would you have any other team that, you know, should be considerate in consideration for number one? Would you put Purdue there? Would you put Michigan State there? Or is it really it's wide open in a sense of like you know, one through seven or eight kind of feel close together. But when you actually are, you know, pressed up against it, pick a team that you think is most likely. Do you feel like it's one of those three? Uh, do I have to remind you that I have Illinois sixth in the Big Ten? Hey, I'm, Illinois. I'm, I'm, this is our way hey, of reminding. Tom Fernelli. Hey, Tom. This is our hey, way of do. reminding listeners that you have Illinois. So for you, is it a two horse race then? You know, I'm just, I'm just curious how you, how you look at it from that prism. Well, um, I, I, I here's what I think. And this is a point I've made before. I think you could reasonably rank the top six. I think you could reasonably assume that the top six schools in the Big Ten will finish in any order and probably bunch together. Um, When I was going back and forth with Tom on Twitter, um, our colleague at CBS Sports, for people who might be unfamiliar, um, he One of the points I made is that, yes, I have Indiana first in the Big Ten and Illinois sixth in the Big Ten, but I have Indiana 13th in the top 25 and one and Illinois 
if it went this far, 30th in the top 25 and one. So I've got six schools in the Big Ten, somewhere between 13 and 30. Um, if you mean to run through it, I have Indiana at 13, Michigan at 20, Purdue at 24, Ohio State at 26, Michigan State at 28, and Illinois at 30. So um, I, I just don't think there's much difference between these teams. I, I do think Indiana is the favorite. And if you look at Ken Palm for whatever it's worth, um, Indiana is is significantly, not significantly, but but 11 spots better than any other Big Ten school. And then you get a bunch of schools sort of bunched up together. So I'll take Indiana as the favorite. Um, but if you told me Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, maybe even Iowa, and yes, Illinois won the league, that wouldn't be crazy to me. All right, obviously on the other side of the break, for those who are familiar with our conference previews, uh, I'll run down my order. You just got Paris's order for nearly the top half of the league. We'll compare and contrast, share notes, and obviously we'll do uh, some quickie capsules on the teams. But that is probably, if if the no ideal favorite uh, is the biggest storyline, a 1A, 1B is, is to me is the bigs. Uh, and I'll run through the storylines here, GP. Respond as, as, uh, as you need be at the end. Um, Coburn's gone. Trayvon Williams gone, but you get Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, Cliff Omarui back. What if that's why Illinois fans are so mad? They don't realize Kofi Coburn's gone. I think they're aware of it. You think I they think know they that? Might be. Yeah, they you might. Think they know Although, okay. maybe, you know, I, I'm high on Illinois, but yes, maybe there's a... I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just trying to figure it out because, you know, Illinois is seventh in the Big Ten, according to Ken Palm, 33rd in the country. So, but you, you're, you're, you're comfortable assuming that they know Kofi Coburn's no longer there. Very comfortable. Okay. All right. All right. Move, move uh, on. I'm sorry. Sorry. This was a conference of bigs a, a season ago. That's still the case because Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, maybe even big old Cliff uh, down at Rutgers uh, could wind up, you know, as uh, as All-American candidates, the first three, clearly. Uh, Storyline three, uh, is the Big Ten's reputation fading a bit? You know, uh, first of all, the league caught astray in recent days. When Jim Beheim said the Big Ten, quote, sucked in the tournament. <laughs> love this. Just, I love it. When, when Hall of Fame coaches that get into their 70s, they just start saying whatever they want to say. They don't care anymore. DGAF mode. And Jim Beheim is permanently on 100 with that. So uh, more, please, more of that. Uh, I have to say, Jim Beheim, uh, who is coming off the first sub-500 season of his own career. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably, maybe not a great time to be criticizing the Big no, Ten. it's called deflection, Parrish. <laughs> it's called deflection. Maybe, maybe, hold on. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Brainstorming. Maybe Syracuse gets in the Big Ten. Jim gets his career back on track. Maybe Never. move to the Big Ten. Anything's possible. Beheim was not inaccurate with what he was saying. Uh, but the Big Ten did send nine teams dancing last season. The reason, like, you know, is the rep fading just a little bit. Remember, this was a number one rated conference in Kempom back-to-back seasons recently. But despite sending nine teams in the tournament, only Purdue and Michigan made the Sweet 16. Neither made the Elite Eight. One of them lost to a 15 seed. Uh, two other headlines heading in. Maryland under Kevin Willard. It's a pretty big one. Is this going to be a Shaka at Marquette situation where he takes a really good basketball job that was in crisis and gets into the tourney comfortably right away? Or or is Maryland more looking at a two or three year build under Willard? I think that's a bit of a mystery. We'll obviously have a few comments about Maryland and its team this season later on in the podcast. Willard was attached to this job the day it came open. Most believe it was privately his for like two months. Uh, you know, he was on board before he actually took it. I don't know how it's going to go with Willard this season or overall. 
but uh, he was certainly considered one of the four or five, you know, I don't want to call him no brainer, but it's, you know, successful hires. When we did our candidate coaches, he landed in the top five. Last storyline. Uh, there's actually a, I, I debated on a couple things here. I'm actually going a little bit, a uh, little bit in the weeds. I'm going to take a, a storyline that the hardcore Big Ten fans listening to are certainly aware of. Some might not be, but behind the scenes, like Big Ten officiating, which is not like it's not the Pac-12 football officiating of the sport. In fact, the Big Ten prides itself on having as good of a of an assembly of referees is literally any conference in the sport. Uh, it is getting an overhaul. Rick Boyajas was a longtime coordinator in that league of, of officials, and he left the conference in what was a long, drawn-out process behind the scenes in the spring and the summer. He's out. Bo Borowski, who has been the subject of, of plenty of ire of Big Ten fans, uh, he's done. He, he retired. So something just to keep in mind, uh, Big Ten fans – take a painful delight in disputing just how good the officiating actually is. Uh, but on the ground level, it actually, this is something that, you know, it, it, it has real meaning and fans. I think fans care even more than media members about who's calling the games there. They are pretty informed there. And so while that's not an obvious headline, I at least did want to mention it uh, when it comes to officiating games, it's a big time deal in the sport, very big for all the conferences and uh, plenty of change of foot and arguably the most uh, prominent league in the entire sport this season. So this is a, a, an interesting situation because the Big Ten is, you know, one of the two best conferences, you know, all sports considered, one of the two best conferences in the country, the Big Ten and the SEC. And yet it is on some level struggling in, in men's basketball. Um, you You know, what Jim said was, you know, like you said, True. They, they didn't do much in the NCAA tournament. You laid Sucks. it out. They only got two teams in the Sweet 16, zero in in the Elite Eight. Um, you, 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 you look at the preseason AP poll. They got zero teams in the top 10 for the first time in a long time. I think it was 77. Is that right? 77. Yep. Look at me. I'm going to stare right into this camera. Look at me. I was born in 1977. Look at me. He's lying to you. 68. Don't forget it. Feels like 68. I'm battling a severe case of the hiccups this morning. It's awful. You've been you know how to, so far. You're good. You're, we're nine plus. Minutes. I know. I think I've distracted myself from him. I've been yeah, struggling. Yeah. I struggled with them all night. Got up in the middle of the night with them. And then this morning I'm dealing with them. And like, then I sat down in this chair and it kind of like, you're I'm, okay. I'm okay. So far. Maybe, maybe. What if the Ion College Basketball Podcast is a cure for hiccups? That's right. Somebody Google that. So you got zero teams in the top 10 of the AP poll. And I only know this because I just did the SEC preview for CBSSports.com. We'll be doing it at some point in the next couple of weeks, I guess, on the Island College Basketball Podcast. But but trivia time. Here we go. How many five-star prospects, if we're calling the SEC and the Big Ten the two best conferences in the country, as it pertains to all sports, not just basketball, how many five-star prospects – did SEC schools just enroll? And how many Big Ten, uh, how many five star prospects did Big Ten schools just enroll from the class of 2022? I'm going to say, I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to say, you might have to correct me on the stats here because I, I feel like J, uh, Jalen Hood Shif, hmm. Shifino is a five star prospect. He, he is. So I think he's the only one, right? 
That's right. One. Okay, he's the only one. And he's in the 20s. And I didn't know if he was it, one of those things where, like, is he a five-star, two, four, seven, but he's a four-star in the composite? I don't know. I mean, he, he might. I don't, I don't know, know if that is or the but case. But he is. He is. I look at the composite. He's a five-star in the composite in the okay. 20s. I'll say blindly SEC just brought in eight. Nine. Yeah. They've got nine five-star freshmen at six different schools. And the Big Ten only got one. And the big and, and the one is in the 20s. So I don't know that you can have a, a big takeaway from that, but the SEC is loading up with talent, and the Big Ten doesn't have comparable talent. And I think that's why you see um, no teams in the preseason top 10 of the AP poll, and the likelihood, you know, never say never, but on paper it doesn't look like any of these teams are going to be a national champion. Um, it, certainly they'd have to, 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 you know, dramatically overachieve relative to preseason expectations, which would then mean that the Big Ten will enter the f- next season still looking for its first national championship since since 2000. Look at me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast born in 1977 having said that before we uh, get to uh, the team by team rundowns big 10 is coming off lottery pick Jaden ivy Lottery pick Johnny Davis. That's right. Lottery pick Keegan Murray. None of those guys were five-star prospects Correct. coming out of high school. So, you know, and the Big Ten has, hasn't has stood alone far from it. But if you talk to coaches particularly, not even at the power conference level, the mid-major coaches have to go against these guys. The Big Ten for a long time, almost in spite of what you might have seen 
where the league might have fallen in the overall hierarchy, power rankings, ratings, all that stuff. Big Ten has consistently been regarded as a top three league in terms of pure coaching acumen from head coaches to assistants. And with that, obviously, comes development as well. So the league also has that. So I would be flat out stunned if the Big Ten provided three lottery picks again from backcourt players in 2023. It is coming off of a, of a year where I, you know, let's circle all the way back around. It was a year of the big in the big tennis season ago. Yes, you did have Coburn um, that wound up being a first team all league player and EJ Liddell effectively a big, not the same kind of big, but they were, they were first teamers, but it was, the, it was the guards and wings who really kind of stole the show. Only Jaden Ivey was predicted to be that kind of player. Uh, and some even thought it might be Travion Williams. That would be the better player. So we'll see if we can get there, but yes, pure talent right now, NBA front offices, scouts and GMs, they look at the sec and they see a lot more draftable players for the year 2023 than they do in the big Ten. How many Big Ten programs will make the NCAA tournament this season? We're going to discuss that next. But first, a word from our partners. So as noted, the Big Ten got nine schools in the NCAA tournament last season. They were Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan State, Rutgers, Michigan, Indiana. Can the Big Ten get that many bids again this season? Dead leg. Seems, I'd bet the under. Uh I won't go as far as far-fetched. That's hard for me to see in the here and the now. Getting nine. Nine's a ton, GP. That's, that's, a, that's a big old haul. And that's, I'm, a, that's a baseball team. That's a starting lineup right there. I don't, I'm not seeing that. Um, just to remind the listeners, run down again your exact order, one through six, because then I'm going to give you my one through six. What is your one through six in order? Indiana, Michigan, Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan State, and the fighting Illini. Okay. The only team we have in the same exact spot, we both have Michigan State finishing fifth in the Big Ten, which, of course, means Tom is going to go out and win this damn league. Uh, I'm going Illinois first. Uh, I, as always, willing and able to be wrong on this podcast. This could backfire and look silly five months from now. The Illini shared the Big Ten regular season title last season with Bucky. Uh, they lost Coburn. They lost Trent Frazier, Jacob Grandison, Andre Cabello, Austin Hutcherson. Um, the only player who averaged double, din- double digit minutes last season is uh, is the big Coleman Hawkins, who was a six point a game guy. Now, I think he is going to be one of the three breakout players in the conference. So I'm, I'm relying on that. Uh, and they do have like there's there's real enthusiasm over the transfers that came in with Terrence Shannon, Jr., who I think is a sneaky pick to be a first-team all-league guy, Texas Tech transfer, and then Matthew Meyer from Baylor, who has been a smidge overrated the past two seasons. And I want to see if he steps in at Illinois and becomes the guy this season that they were kind of hoping he might be last season at Baylor. He was good, but he wasn't as good as... He was supposed to be an All-American candidate who, you know becomes a first-round draft pick, and he just wasn't either one of those things. Wasn't that. So can he be more than the third or maybe fourth option? Because I think for for my pick to be right, like Matthew Meyer has to be reliably a top-three option almost every single game. The freshman to know is Sky Clark, ranked 34th in the class of 2022 by 247 Sports. He's got a freshman teammate uh, named Ty Rogers, who might be a name to remember come midseason. As long as Illinois is still really good defensively, and I'm also banking on that, um, they're going to have a chance to to win the league and they'll comfortably be in the NCAA uh, tournament. Any quick thoughts on, uh, on Underwood's team that you haven't already shared? 
I mean, I feel like we've talked about him so much, in, including on the uh, top twenty-five episode that we did earlier this week, um, it, because you know they're outside of the top thirty at Ken Palm. You know, um, like, like I've said, uh, I feel like a million times at this point. I, I like Illinois. Like I've got them in the top thirty, um, but it, it's it's interesting because like there's a line that that serves as a cutoff for for people. Um, when you do a top 25 or a top 25 and one, you're either in it or you're not. And if you're not, it, it almost feels like fans think, well, we must be 150th then, according to you. No, I've got you in the top 30. I just don't have you in the top 26, but I do have you in the top 30. And I acknowledge that you, you could be better than that. Like, I'm a, a big fan of Brad Underwood. Um, I, I think he's terrific. And uh, I would never um, – insist there's no way he can do whatever with basically any basketball team because he's really 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 good um at, at what he does one of the best in his profession but you know the way it shook out I, i've got I, I here's the thing i think it, i think the big ten's got a bunch of good teams i don't know that there's a great one although mm-hmm. one of them will probably end up being great but on paper i don't see a great one but i i you know like but i do think indiana's the, the on paper the best um, Trace Jackson Davis is awesome. Um, I love Jalen Hood Shafino. I, you know, I mentioned he's in the 20s of the class of 2022. I'm not a recruiting analyst, but from what I've seen from him in person, I, I would put him higher. I think he's going to be great. Um, you know, he's a uh, for people who might be sort of a combo guard, but can absolutely play point. Um, he is seen like, you know. Gets to the rim when he wants to. I'll just tell you this: um, I'm more familiar with him than I am most prospects because he played for Team Thad, which is based out of Memphis. Norton Hurd runs that program. Just a, it's a great grassroots program that used to be affiliated with, um, I guess, uh, Under Armour, uh, but now it's a Nike EYBL program. And I, you know, went went to a workout to to and with very little context, you know, I just walk into the gym and I, I know the names, but maybe don't know the faces. They're not wearing, they don't have names on the back of their jerseys. I'm just watching people play basketball, and it was so clear he was so much better than everybody else on the court. And there's other Division One players on that team, and he was just like clearly the best player in the gym. And at this point, he was considered a four star guy. And I remember thinking, well, that'll change after people see him at. At, at peach jam and then he went to peach jam was awesome uh pop positive for covid so didn't get to finish the tournament but i just remember there was this one game where you know he went to the line it's like maybe no time left on the clock or just a little time high pressure free throws you know and this is i know it's just summer basketball but like this means something to these kids um it, it, it is a pressure pack situation when you're at the free throw line you know and you you just knock them down no problem i, I he's really composed really talented. Uh, I think he's going to be great. And that's why I, that's among the reasons I think Indiana is going to be uh, the the best team in, in, in the big 10. And, and Mike Woodson is going to, you know, for anybody out there who was skeptical that that hire would work out. Um, I think by the end of the season, you're going to have to acknowledge that, that through two years um, it's, it's gone, it's gone really well. Indiana third, and we GP just laid a lot. We did a whole summer shoot around again. If you're an IU fan coming to this podcast uh, and you didn't catch that, you we've got a whole episode dedicated um, about uh, what six weeks ago or so to the Hoosiers. I'll just say this: the reason why I went Indiana third, I'll get to my number two team in a second. 
was 40th in Ken Palm at the end of last season, 95th in offensive efficiency. And Trace Jackson Davis is my, is my, I don't even think he would qualify as a dark horse for national player of the year, but Sheboy, obviously Timmy, probably Baycott. Those are your three that are going to get real consideration. If you tell me Jackson Davis wins it, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be surprised by it. But the reason why I go third is I want to see if they get enough creative perimeter scoring around him. I just haven't seen Woodson is, is in a second season. So I'm just, I'm, I'm very slightly fading the Hoosiers and I'm taking a coach who's much more proven with a big, who was also a unanimous selection. The only unanimous selections for the big 10, it's all uh league first team if you want to call it. it's the all big 10 team i don't know it's like 10 dudes it was obviously trace who's the preseason player of the year and then hunter dickinson and zach Eady. Uh, by the way there is no preseason freshman of the year hood shafina would be that if there was um but Eady, and i'll go i'll go purdue at two this is arguably even more daring than illinois to win the league but i think i think Eady is going to jump from averaging like I I don't know. I I think I I think he's gonna. What well, he was what, eight point nine points a game last season and almost eight rebounds. I think he'll be closer to fifteen and ten. Now they also got to figure out how they're gonna score beyond beyond Edie and all that stuff. Uh, they get Mason Gillis, Caleb first back, Ethan Morton back. How about this Parish? And I did not realize this until I started you know uh, doing my my team capsules for my rankings. I didn't realize David Jenkins Jr. was on this team. This is his fourth team, my man. He was a stud at South Dakota State. Shout to South Dakota. Then he went to UNLV with Otzelberger. Otzelberger okay. leaves to go to Iowa State. He goes to Utah instead. Was there last season? This is his fourth team in four years. I don't know how much of if he if he hits like, and I'm kind of hoping he will, or I'm banking he will, so the the prediction is right. Um, then then Purdue's got a shot. But I I, I register this pick. Illinois one, Purdue two, Indiana three. As toss them all in a, in a in a big old bowl and see what happens. And Painter's like a top ten X and O coach in the game, so I will go Purdue two. Where do you have the Boilers in your overall? I have Purdue uh, third in the Big Ten okay, and twenty so. fourth in the country. They are, um, and, and that's one where I had even some Purdue fans ask me, like, "Are you sure we're yeah. going to be that good?" They're twenty fifth at Ken Palm, and. I've made this point before. I just trust Matt Painter. Like he's got a top 25 team every year. I mean, it, like I don't want to say it doesn't matter what players he has. Cause obviously it matters, but like he has shown um, he's like a, 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 a new version of Bo Ryan. Uh, you know, there, there was a time That's when a good way of putting that, I had never, yeah, I had not thought about that before, but uh, there's a lot of credence to that claim. Yeah. There was a time where every preseason, I just decided I'm putting Wisconsin in there somewhere in the top 25 and one because like Wisconsin was always a top 25 ish team, like always without exception. Doesn't matter who's leaving. Doesn't matter who's coming. Bo Ryan will have a top 25 team. And Matt Painter is, I think the big Ten's current version of that. I just trust Matt. And so, um, you know, Edie's obviously terrific. David Jenkins was an awesome jackrabbit. I, I, I don't know that he's progressed the way we might've thought he would. Cause I like, I like legitimately saw him early in his career. Um, and, and, and thought like when Mike Dom is gone, he'll be the next like, you know, conference player of the year, you know, honor all American honor, honorable mention type guy. If he stayed at that level, he obviously didn't. And has just sort of, I don't want to say disappeared, but 
I mean, I'll just repeat what you said. You didn't realize he was at. <laughs> okay, right. So I mean, there's also God knows how many transfers. Uh, so of course, right. You don't, you don't you don't see the tweet from the three or four writers who care. No, about I don't him. mean that as an indictment of you as much as it's just like he has kind of disappeared. But I won't be surprised if he's a meaningful uh, Big Ten player. And and like I said, I, I think Purdue's going to be good. Um, you know, we mentioned how many teams are going to make the NCAA tournament at the Big Ten. Last year it was nine. Last season it was nine. I said I would take the under. For what it's worth, Jerry Palm has eight going. And I think you know, I'd have to get an explanation from Jerry on this. Um, but if you look at his Big Ten predicted order of finish, he has, I believe, Illinois one. But if you look at his bracket, he's got Michigan State as the best-seeded Big Ten team. Michigan State is a four-seed, followed by Indiana and Illinois getting five seeds. Purdue is a six. Michigan is an eight. Iowa as a nine, Ohio State as a 10, and Rutgers as uh, an 11 seed. So this is all starting to line up, whether it's the AP poll, top 25 and one, Ken Palm or Jerry's bracket. You know, he's got a bunch of Big Ten teams that are good, but none of them projected to be a top three seed in the NCAA tournament. This is all, and I don't know if it's all lining up because one thing leads to the next or it's all lining up because it's right. But there does seem to be a consensus opinion about the Big Ten. A lot of good teams, maybe not a great one. My next three teams in order are Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. I'll give you quick rundowns on each of these. Uh, we did do standalone episodes for Michigan and Ohio State. If Jalen Llewellyn hits big, I think Michigan State winds up as a ranked team for the majority of the season. Hunter Dickinson, obviously the best player on the team, most valuable. Llewellyn is the latest small conference guard who had like big production that's going to be asked to come in and, and and make waves. Devontae Jones did it a season ago. Mike Smith, uh, another Ivy League player out of Columbia, uh, a season before that. So we'll see. Terrence Williams is the second leading scorer on this team behind Dickinson. He averaged 4.7 points last season. Obviously, that's got to jump. Uh, you and I have on multiple podcasts in the past, however long, mentioned how in we are on Jet Howard. I would be surprised if he's not one of the three best freshmen in the country and therefore a top 15 freshman in the nation. Uh, he six, eight, he can play the three or the four, a lot of promise there. And I'm excited to see him Michigan state. I don't know if there will be another team in the big 10 that will have a rotating cast of nightly MVPs the way that this team could AJ Hogard is a starting point guard. You know, I'm in the process of finishing up my top 100 list for our, our master list. That's going to come out soon here. I, I, it's either him or Malik Hall for the team's best player. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, Hogarth will have Tyson Walker back again, the Northeastern transfer in the backcourt. Walker was just okay last season. Like, does he pop? You know, Joey Hauser is still on this team. Can he get more, even more touches and and show what he can do from a shooting perspective there? The schedule is absolutely insane for Tom Izzo, and that's even by Izzo standards. So I, I think there's a chance here that Michigan State does a classic Michigan State deal. It's going to take X number of losses in November and December, and because of that, it probably can't crack through to the rankings like it's not ranked going into the season and it plays Gonzaga the first Friday. Of the, and if it loses to Gonzaga on the, on the aircraft carrier, and then you've still got so many good games still after that, like Michigan state could go on rank for the first six weeks of the season. Then we look up and it, it manages a five seed in the tournament. That's not an unreasonable potential scenario there. Um, it's Izzo made every tournament since, since like 97. I don't, I'm not going to doubt him doing that. Uh, I don't think this is one of the top 25 teams in the sport, but I, I cannot get myself to convince myself that they're going to fall outside like the top overall 35. And then at six, here's the one, here's the highest ranked team I have in the big 10, where if you told me 
Yeah, they they fell they fell short of the tournament. And not only did they fall short, like they weren't even like one of the three or four on the cut line. I have OSU there. Uh, again, I'm almost going, uh, speaks to the coaching thing we talked about, GP. Going on Holtman's track record, uh, there is a canoe full of freshmen on this roster. Just assuming is not one of them. He will be back. He will be key. Speaking of key, Zed Key is the guy in the middle. He's back. They've got two big transfers to really know about. Uh, well, really three. Sean McNeil from West Virginia is going to provide shooting. Isaiah Likely is from Oklahoma State, kind of a do-it-all, Swiss Army knife. I really like his game. We'll see how productive he is on offense. Uh, and then they've got Tanner Holden, who's a big-time scorer from Wright State. So I don't know what to make of Ohio State. This is almost like a default. I don't, I can't justify putting him any higher, but it's Holtman. He's done arguably more with less overall. So that's my uh, fourth or sixth before we get to Iowa and onward. Any thoughts on those three? Teams? Yeah, Ohio State, I have 26 in the top 25 and one, and it is a lot like my Purdue ranking. Like, I, I just trust those guys. You know, Chris Holtman is terrific. Matt Painter's terrific. I'm, you know, could could we look up and Ohio State is closer to a bubble team than a top 25 team? Maybe, maybe. But, you know, Holtman's always good. So I'm going to assume that they're going to be good again. You mentioned at Michigan, uh, Jalen Llewellyn, who is an Ivy League transfer. We mentioned this on a previous podcast, but you know, we were talking on the Michigan episode. We were talking about Llewellyn, Ivy League transfer. You know, can he make an impact? You know, at at the Big Ten level. And I had an Ivy League coach reach out to me, who was listening and said, "Just just so you know, like he's going to be fine in that league because he's not a quote." Ivy League transfer. I mean, he technically is, but that has some labels connected to it. This guy was a top 100 high school recruit who went to an Ivy League school, and he's a he's a Big Ten level athlete, a power conference athlete. So an Ivy League coach who has coached against this guy said he he will transition to the Big Ten smoothly, no problem. And then Jed Howard, um, I'm higher on him than the recruiting analysts are, and I, I respect those guys. They they see these guys more than I do. So I'm not saying that somebody's crazy for not having Jed Howard as a five-star prospect. Um, they 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 see they see they've seen him. Everybody who's ranking players have seen Jed Howard more than I've seen Jed Howard. But I have seen Jed Howard, and he was terrific at the Iverson uh, Classic. He was MVP of that game. There were five-star guys in that game. You know, Keontae George was in that game. Kaysom Wallace was in that game, and Jed Howard was the best player on the court. And I, I've mentioned this previously, but. Um, you know, like J.R. Smith was there. Former NBA players were were there, you know, working out with these guys and, and coaching these guys and running drills with these guys. And it was really a consensus among NBA people that Jed Howard was the most NBA-ready player in that gym. And that's with guys. He was in the gym with projected lottery picks. And they were like, no, Jed Howard's the guy. And so... I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I have some ideas about why he's rated lower than what those NBA players who were at the Iverson Classic would would rate him or rank him. Um, But I I think he's going to be really, really good. He's super talented. You know, talent doesn't always lead to a successful freshman season, but he is he's super talented. We both have Iowa seven in the pecking order. GP is that accurate? I think that's right. Yes, and and here's this is one where. I, I guess I would be most off with relative to where Ken Palm has thrown these teams out because Iowa is second in the Big Ten, 23rd in the country at, at Ken Palm. And I don't think there's any human that would put Iowa second in the Big Ten, but but Ken's computer did. 
team's a mystery, man. I don't know. Uh, last season, he had to McCaffrey frame. McCaffrey had to move on from Garza. Got an All-American season out of Keegan Murray. Uh, this season, now Chris Murray came back to the team. He's not going to be that good. Uh, the McCaffrey brothers, Connor and Pat, are back. Um, Tony Perkins is a returning who's coming back. Aaron Ulis, who is, yes, the younger brother to Tyler Ulis. He's on this roster. And then um, center will probably be uh, Philip Rabaracha. Who's you know he's solid, but like he's you know he's uh, he's just not on the level of the other guys we talked about. Um, Iowa did not bring in a D one transfer, by the way. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. There's a few schools like that. Marquette's another one who didn't. Um, I just don't know. Again, this is the mystery team for me. Uh, I would be I I I will be stunned if it finishes top three in the Big Ten. I will be stunned. I don't I don't see a roster here that can compete with some of the other ones that we've talked about on that high of a level. By nature of having Iowa seven. I actually think it's going to get to the tournament. I think it's going to get in, but I'm a slight seller overall. I go Iowa, then I go Rutgers, which uh, Rutgers has a very good trio core. You mentioned Big Cliff, Caleb McConnell, like a top 10 defender on ball, all around defender in the country. And then Paul Mulcahy in the backcourt, he's back. Probably going to be a top four defense in the Big Ten. I, 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 I'm going Iowa narrowly ahead of Rutgers, and it's one of those things where I feel like we're going to get to the middle of January, and I'll be like, yeah, I wanted to put Rutgers ahead of Iowa. Why did I not do that? But predictives are saying go Iowa instead. I'm going to go eight. I, nine seems like it's it's weird. Nine seems like way too many for me to go with the Big Ten with the big with, with what it is this season. They do have nine top fifty Kinfom teams for what you know. No, not top fifty. Top fifty doesn't I, guarantee tournament. You know, it, more like top forty guarantees tournament, but. But they do have nine in the top 50. Heichel's bit. I really do like that Rutgers core. Like genuinely, you know, no funny Rutgers jokes or anything like that. Like I, I look at that team and yes, they're going to have to fill in around those guys a little bit. But because of the defense, I'll say Rutgers, they were a first four team last season, weren't they? Back to back years, first four. I'll, I'll say that Big Ten cents eight. Rutgers is eight in my overall uh, pecking order. And then if we're going to draw a line, then I go. I'll go Wisconsin, then I'll go Maryland, and then I'll go Penn State. You agree with eight? Are we on the same page with that? Eight teams dancing? Or are you going to go nine? Um, honestly, I would have to. Ch- I I think I would go eight. Yeah, I think I would go eight. Um, and I would have to check my my order, um, of the Big Ten. I've got Illinois at six, Iowa at seven, Rutgers at eight. And yeah, I think I would probably draw the line right there because after that, I got Wisconsin, Penn State, Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern, Nebraska. Um, like okay. Rutgers used to be, you mentioned it, you know, you're not making any Rutgers jokes. It kind of used to be a, a joke situation. But now, like Steve is, is you know, built that program into a respectable place. And, you know, Jersey Mike's, is a like a, a real home court advantage. It is. It is. Yes. Like it's great. I like I need to pop over there for a game. I've never been there. Ditto. Ditto. I know. I'm and I'm like, you know, it's just right there. I'm in New York all the time. I should just pop over. You're you know. not popping over. We know how this goes. I know. You're getting, I mean, I, you're getting there. You're tired. You're not. There's no pop over. Okay? No, I know. I'm not popping over. I'm just saying I, no. I, I should. I'm, I say I should do it. It's like everything else. Like I should stop uh, drinking sodas. You know, <laughs> like you I really should, should do that. Yeah. I should go to the rack. I should stop drinking sodas. There's a whole lot of stuff I should stop doing or start mm-hmm. doing or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Real quick on Wisconsin. Uh, 
Chucky Hepburn running the point. Tyler Wall, I guess Tyler is going to be the best player. I, I kind of feel like Chucky might be able to make that happen. Stephen Crowell is another guy that's that's back there. Um, Crowell's a big big fella. Another big one to note. He's a he's a seven footer there. Um, Johnny Davis's younger brother Jordan is also on the team and might work his way into the starting lineup there. I just think it's going to be probably a little bit of a step back after last season. I go Maryland after that. Um, listen, there was a lot of toxicity around that program with the end of the Turgeon era. That's now gone. Uh, they've got a transfer from Charlotte, Jameer Young, and they've got like a veteran player, Donald Carey from Georgetown. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe. Uh, Dante Scott's back. I th- actually think him being on this roster is, is pretty important to Maryland's chances of finishing inside the top 10 overall. But I just don't know. That's, that's a dart throw for me. And then Penn State's one where we I, we could look up and I'm too low on them. Uh, there's a lot of optimism that they bring four out of five starters back. Um, they are a top 50 team in the preseason at, at Ken Palm, and that almost never happens uh, at State College. So there's a lot of reason to uh, to be pretty excited. They went 14 and 17 last season. It was the first season under Michael Shrewsbury. Jalen Pickett actually was a good up transfer. He was previously at Siena, a really good player, and he would register uh, top five to seven guard in the conference for sure. Uh, he's back. Miles Dredd. Miles Dredd, one of the best names in the entire sport. He is also back. Seth Lundy as well. So, um, Keep an eye, like, you know, when we do these conference previews, you're trying to pick, like, a real sleeper. And by sleeper, like, a team that most would think is not going to make the tournament and then, like, it comfortably would get in. I guess that would be Penn State would be the team that uh, that qualifies there. And then I'll round out this real quick, GP. Um, I go Northwestern with hesitation as low as 12. Um, they don't have Pete Nance. If he was on the roster, I would definitely have him higher. I think his departure actually is significant. They get Boo Booey, another amazing name. Boo Booey's back. Chase Audee. In the Big Ten, got some got some legitimate names in the Big Ten. There's no doubt about it. Uh, just don't know. Um, uh, Northwestern has not fared well and and shown poise uh, in close games. Maybe that can change. The only tournament run, obviously, was the only one in the program history. That was now five plus years ago. Uh, I don't see this being a tournament team. Question is, if Collins is really on the hot seat, like if Northwestern doesn't finish better than tenth in the league. Are they going to make a coaching change? Some believe that's the case. You went Nebraska last. I go Minnesota last, but it's a it's a toss up. They lost Nebraska lost the McGowan's, Alonzo Verge. Like half the the roster doesn't have Division one experience there. Who the heck knows? Hoiberg is twenty four and sixty seven three seasons at Nebraska. Got to kind of get it going here. Uh, that buyout is still north of eighteen million, by the way. Uh, and then Minnesota, and what they just had to pay their football coach. I know. I I, I don't. Yeah, I, I can't tell you whether or not. Like I know, so, like fans of like teams that aren't projected to do well, they tune into the they they read the articles, they tune in the podcast because they're they're like, are you going to talk about us firing our coach? I can't say whether or not you're going to do that. I don't. Hoiberg has owed so much money. Um, now sometimes like the money just doesn't matter, uh, and if they're really that, but this isn't a school with any kind of like legitimate basketball pride. It, it has like. One what? It's a school that plays inside Pinnacle Bank. What are exactly. you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you just said it. You just made my case for me. They play inside Pinnacle yeah, Bank. Bring they, up the record. they used to be impossible. It used I to be impossible. I actually don't that, think it ever was. There was that one year. <laughs> one year. Yeah. Shouts to Tim Miles, I suppose. Shouts to Tim Miles. Uh, Minnesota has Darson Garcia on the roster, which is notable because he's a native and he was good at Marquette. Complete waste of a year at North Carolina. Um, but Minnesota just, you know, it... There's not a lot there. Uh, so almost by default, they went four and 16 in the league last season. Ben Johnson's in his second season. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, I think pretty clearly it's got to be Nebraska, Minnesota in some order at last. I actually would draw a line and then get to talking about Northwestern, Penn state, Maryland, those kind of teams. But, uh, but yeah, we'll both go, uh, we'll both go 
eight teams out of the Big Ten. Won't be the best league in the country, I don't think, but it'll still be plenty good. Home court environments are just tremendous, and uh, and I look forward to seeing if it's going to be Trace that wins player of the year. We actually got to get to our awards here at GP. If it will be Trace, will we pick Trace? Will it be Hunter? Will it be Edie? Will it be somebody else? Are we doing awards right now? Is that what I we're was, doing? I was, I was, I was lobbing that wiffle ball in there. Player of the year, Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. Freshman of the year, Jordan Hood Shafino. And coach of the year, Mike Woodson. Indiana sweep. Did I just do an Indiana sweep? I think you just did an Indiana sweep. Yeah. Turn the internet on <laughs> in Indiana. Things are going well. I think you called him Jordan Hood Shafino and not Jalen. So, oh my God. I'm yeah, sorry. So they're about to get that internet roaring. <laughs> okay. Turn I'm, the internet off. I'm saving you here. Uh, I will go Jalen Hood Shafino. I will. It's okay. It's all good. Trace uh, Jackson Davis and Mike Woodson. Does Mike Woodson need a third name in there? He does. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Jalen Huchifino, Trace Jackson Davis, and Mike. Let's get Mike Woodson's middle name. Let's let's make this right. That's what I'm looking up right. Uh, Mike Woodson. Dean. It's what? Dean. Dean? Dean. As in, as in Dean Smith, yes. Okay, so I got it. Player of the year, Trace Jackson Davis. Freshman of the year, Jalen Huchifino. And coach of the year, Michael Dean Woodson. Michael Dean Woodson, and I'm going to say there will not be a school that sweeps, but I, I have to go trace player of the year. Got to go trace. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. Backing up my Illinois prediction, give me Sky Clark as the freshman of the year. I'm picking Illinois. If I'm picking Illinois to win the league, uh, you got to figure Sky Clark might have to outperform his overall ranking. Highly rated freshman all the same. So I'll go Sky Clark as the freshman of the year. And then I I will go I will go Brad Underwood for coach of the year. Uh, I have Illinois winning the league, and if he's able to do that, especially after losing the likes of Frazier, Coburn, Curbelo, Grandison, uh, if Illinois does win the league, he will win coach of the year. So those are those are my picks. Thank I appreciate you giving those picks. And I appreciate you giving yours. I, I think my hiccups are cured. It's been a big forty two minutes for me. It has absolutely. Hey, it's let's. It's been a nice 42 minutes. Let's do this again tomorrow. Can't wait. What are we doing tomorrow? Big 12. That's right. Oh, I like the Big 12. They only got 10 teams. (laughs) I don't know why I don't get to do the Big 12 preview. Every time I do a preview, it's like they got 15 league members. I need the Big 12. Were you assigned? So you must have been assigned the 15 team ACC and the 14 team Big 10. Is that what happened? No, I got the 15 team ACC and the 14 team SEC. Oh, there we go. I need the big team, big twelve. Who got the big twelve? I think that's a I think that's a Kyle Boone joint. Yeah, I should I should talk to at some point I gotta play my is it seniority? Sure. I gotta play my seniority card. Give me the big <laughs> give me the big twelve. Shouts to shouts to listener slash watcher Rocket. He came in here hot. <laughs> Just dominating the chat. <laughs> Rocket's wild in the chat. Yeah. Is it Rocket Watts? I think it's Rocket Watts. Former Big Ten player, Rocket Watts. There we go. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hawk. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Michael Dean Woodson. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars, a nice review. Type some words. Before we get out of here, Mm. I got a, not a, Nada had a great private chat note. 
and he's correct. He said, Paris's wallet has been to Jersey more than Paris himself, which is accurate. <laughs> Not about that. I have been to New Jersey. Not a, you should have just interjected and just cut me right off. That was a good one. I've been in New Jersey, mostly just Newark. I need to get to Jersey Mike's one night. I'm going to try to we do won't. that. We know you won't. I mean, I probably won't, but I'd like to think that I might. Five stars, nice reviews. Type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. And there's no place on earth where that's more true than New Jersey, I think. Ooh, what's the what's the premarital sex capital of the United States? That's what we got to know. And a capital being like a state, not an actual city. We got. I mean, I think maybe Mississippi. I think it's probably Mississippi. If I'm being honest. <laughs> okay. We lead the country in all everything that's bad. <laughs> like we are all we lead. We are the best at all the bad stuff. Like um, we are the worst in literacy. We're the highest rate of teen pregnancy. Um, we're the fattest. Everything that's bad. Like we are. We're unbelievable at it. So I'm gonna assume. Except premarital sex is not bad. You're not going to trick me. Yeah, you almost tricked yourself. You're not going to trick me. I almost so, tricked myself. Jersey versus Mississippi. Go versus, put a Twitter poll up. I feel like Florida's got to be involved. Put a Twitter poll up. Where? Um, what state is the king of premarital sex? New Jersey, Mississippi, or Florida? <laughs> I'm not feeling. I'm not opposed to doing this at a future date. I'm uh, for whatever reason. I'm not feeling that frisky right now. I think a lot of but people I encourage go to you to do this. Can you I, step up? Can you just step up and tweet this out of nowhere? People are already coming for me. Nada, you want to tweet this from the official Ion College Basketball <laughs> Podcast account? Absolutely not. <laughs> I think a lot of people go to Florida to have premarital sex, but I don't know if that makes Florida the capital of premarital sex. You have to be a resident? I think you have to be a resident. I think you have to pay. So people think- are traveling to do it. Yeah, I don't think, like, you know, you go to Florida to go to Disney World and have premarital sex. I was thinking more like Fort Lauderdale, Miami, steal away to the Keys, but you're going Disney World. All right. I feel like I had premarital sex in all those places you just named. Okay. Let's go. We'll see you later. Bye. Maybe. Maybe we'll see. I mean, this could be it. We'll see you later. Maybe. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.